0: Welcome to Car Wash, the podcast, your source for real stories and real business insights from the experts, both in and out of the car wash industry. So put it in neutral, beat off the brakes, and take your hands off the steering wheel, because here we go. Here is your guide on this journey,
1: David Begin of Begin Insights. Hi, and welcome to this episode of Car Wash the Podcast. This is your host, David Begin. My special guest today is Alex King. He's a senior value consultant for Slack, the tool that's on many of our desktops um, out of New York. And uh, I'm going to talk to Alex about uh, communication and how Slack helps people communicate better. Alex, thanks for joining me today. I appreciate it.
0: Uh, I'm excited to be here. This is uh, my pleasure, my honor.
1: Good, good. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about your background. How did you get into technology? You know, you and I have Similar backgrounds when it comes to technology, because I was also, I think back in my day, they called it a pre-sales consultant. So somebody that would actually kind of demonstrate the system and then talk about how that system would help organizations do things better. So it's kind of interesting. We've got a little bit of the same background there, but
0: I think we have almost the same background. Um, so, I started my career actually in the music industry, um, working in the marketing world. Uh, and at the time, the music industry was going through a pretty significant pivot, as everybody may remember. Um, and what that pivot led to was digital marketing, essentially, and working in kind of the digital advertising space. Um, and learning technology that way so if you think about um or if i'm thinking about my roots that's where that came from uh pivoted out of the industry and started working in advertising for a bit um up until the point that a friend of mine came to me and mentioned that oracle was building out a uh, new solutions consulting team or pre-sales consulting very similar to you david Um, interesting so i Thought that that was an interesting role and why not take a chance on it. Um, Ended up at Oracle doing exactly what we were talking or what you were just talking about, demonstrating products um, for their customer experience business, helping to help our customers just optimize the way that they engage with their customers Um, and worked at Oracle for a few years and ultimately came across an opportunity to move over to Slack um, and have been here since and started in that role before I moved into my, started in a similar role. Um, before I moved into my current role as a value consultant.
1: Uh huh. Well, good. So tell me a little bit about the history of Slack. Like, I think that technology, you know, how long do you think this particular, what, is there a particular term that you use for this technology? You know, is it chat technology or is it community communication technology? What, what, what do you call it?
0: Sure. So um, the official name for the category, and it's still evolving um, through its many cycles with the industry getting to know it a bit more, is Workplace Collaboration. Okay. Um, the technology itself is not necessarily a new technology. It's uh, kind of derived from an old Internet protocol called Internet Relay Chat, or IRC, um, that a lot of engineers and developers used um, back in the day. To communicate and collaborate around code and building things. Um, essentially, where Slack came into existence is um, our founder kind of stumbled across the idea and the concept of making this something that an entire workplace or an entire um, office place can use. He, uh, His name is Stuart Butterfield. He started the company Flickr. Um, if you remember, mm-hmm one of the first photo sharing sites, um, ultimately sold that to Yahoo. And then after working at Yahoo for a brief stint, um, decided to go off and build a video game called Glitch. And um, that game was something that was ultimately kind of a massive online uh, cooperative game. So if you think about some of the games today that exist, very similar to that. Um, But it it was uh, there that he and his co-founders started to build the game, but using this kind of internet relay chat system or a very similar system to what Slack is today. And as they um, kind of went and shopped the game and uh, realized that the game ultimately wasn't going to be successful, they found this um, opportunity in Slack and built the product and rolled it out. I think in 2013, 2014 to immediate viral success and, just massive engagement on it. And the company has been um, moving since and, and growing pretty significantly since.
1: Yeah, you guys, you just told me you had the best quarter you've ever had, I guess, recently. So that's congratulations on that. Thank you. That's super. So what, what were some of the driving issues that Slack has kind of solved for, you know, either individuals or small companies or large enterprises?
0: Sure. So maybe I'll just take you through a little bit about the way that we talk about Slack Okay. Um, at, uh, to the businesses that we work with. And then, uh, as we get into the discussion specifically around car washing, we can, uh, relate it to that industry, or related to this industry. Um, so Slack is essentially kind of a new way of working. Um, and the easiest way to think about it is it replaces email inside of a company. Um, It's a a series of almost chat rooms um, that everybody has access to that are public, that people can opt into. Of course, there are private options where you can manage permissions as well, Um, but it really ultimately gives people a view inside of what's going on in one of the most critical processes, communication um, at your organization. So let, let me bring some context to that. Um, in talking about email and some of the challenges that exist with email, let's think about a company, right? Hypothetical company, ten thousand person organization, and say that uh, everybody in that organization sends on average thirty emails a day, right? That's three hundred thousand emails that are sent a day in that organization. Yeah. And if you consider it from an individual's perspective, um, one person may get twenty three emails a day, but that's not even a 100th of a percent of the communication that's happening inside of that company. Maybe think about another person who gets 57 of those emails. That's still a pretty tiny percentage of all of the messages that are happening in that company that may or may not be relevant to that person. And if you look at what an inbox is, ultimately that information is kind of locked away from uh, one person or another person. So email forces you, as we all kind of know because we've been using email for so long to identify the sender, identify who you're going to copy on that email. Um, But that doesn't necessarily include everybody who the information may be relevant for. So companies have this enormous flow of critical information coursing through their organization Um, which is essentially the basic mechanism of how that business operates. It's being able to communicate, but each person only has kind of a partial view um, that's fragmented and, frankly, radically incomplete. Um, Every single view is different from one another, and you have all this rich history in an email where decisions are made, where questions are answered, where data is presented, where documents are um, shared, where there's celebrations, critical announcements, all of these things that happen inside of an organization, but it's all kind of siloed away. So if you think about Slack coming to the chat room concept that I was explaining a little bit earlier, rather than inboxes, you're going to organize that information in what we like to call channels
1: Mm
0: -hmm. and channels can respond or correspond to anything, right? It could be a project, it could be a team. Um, it could be a particular policy or procedure. It could be a location, it could be something um, that is temporary, so planning you know, a meeting or something of that nature. They can be fun channels, right? I uh, One of my favorite channels at Slack, admittedly, is the nerd that I am, is the Star Wars channel.
1: <laughs> Great.
0: So, essentially what this does is give you and give everybody a view inside of information um, because the channel is the individual entity. So I'm not necessarily picking and choosing the recipient of the information. Um, the channel exists as a standalone. As a creator of a channel or as a participant in that channel, I might add somebody to the channel so they can see the information inside of it. But that channel exists on its own. So whenever somebody joins the organization or leaves the organization, right, all of the information is still relevant and captured and then is also searchable over time. That's a little bit about Slack um, and, and, you know, would love to expound further if you have any additional. Yeah. You
1: know, I, I think it's good. You know, it's interesting because, Alex, I grew up in the day when I started technology sales. I mean, I mean we were just getting PCs and I, I know that sounds kind of crazy. We were getting portable PCs where you and IBM made this big portable PC that allowed us to go do demos, you know, offsite which was kind of an amazing technology. And then we kind of moved into voicemail. And then when I, in the early nineties, we started moving over to email. It's all that kind of happened pretty quickly, but, you know, email fundamentally changed the way we were. And, and I don't think for the better, because a lot of people spend a large portion of their day sorting and responding to emails. And the biggest problem I think we ran into was the dreaded CC, Um, copying people on emails um, to, you know, just in case somebody might need to know about it, you know, we'd copy 10 or 20 or 30 people and it, it was probably a big waste of time for a large percentage of those folks. And, you know, and then, you know, with this technology, I think it's, it's been really, really interesting, you know, where you can sort of organize what's going on in the organization or the group, you know, I'm, I'm on, I probably have maybe six or seven Slack groups that I'm on and they're all different. One of them is a cycling Slack group. One of them is a a group uh, I'm working with the International Cars Association on. One of them is a life coaching group that I'm a member of. And so they're all very, very different and they all use Slack very, very differently, but there is a lot of advantage to having that information out there just from a communication standpoint. Um, Channels seem to be the best way to organize what's going on in an organization. Is that that correct?
0: i definitely say that. I think channels kind of being the topic-based um, medium of communication or chat room, if you will, uh, allow you to just have a view into a particular topic or understand what's going on in an organization and then be able to... Um, uh, quickly get a view of all of the things that are happening across the organization. W- one thing I want to go back to that you mentioned that I thought was really interesting was kind of the CC or BCC or just adding those, um, adding those various people into that message or into that communication. And I think that is the challenge. Um, I remember when I was working in companies where I worked in email and would just have to sift through all of the emails, even if the information wasn't relevant. And I think that is one of the core problems that the channel solves for, right? I can go in and opt into the information as opposed to um, having that information come to me, right? It's almost that uh, I'm pulling it versus pushing it, which allows me to determine what's important to me and respond to that. the priority that it is, or uh, save it away until it becomes priority. And one of the things that our customers see is a 32% email reduction based on a study that was done in Slack back in, seven, in 2017, excuse me, um, in their organization. And I think that's a pretty conservative estimate for what they see, depending on how much of their organization uses Slack.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a very inefficient tool and it takes up a lot of people's time during the day looking at things that might or might not be relevant to them. So text messaging, tell me how, this is like a text messaging tool, but, it, but it's not a text messaging tool. What, what are the limitations of text messaging and how, how does this address those limitations? Sure,
0: so uh, I'd go back to the uh, opt-in concept, right? And the, and the idea of a channel. Text still requires a few things that are similar or somewhat adjacent to email. Um, you still have to identify the sender. Um, identify the recipients of the conversation. Um, people have to be a part of that conversation in perpetuity until uh, that conversation is no longer relevant. So, if I'm thinking about, um, you know, uh, managers of a car wash site talking to employees or communicating with employees, um, they may be. Texting them, but what if somebody leaves the organization or what if somebody what if that message is no longer relevant? They're still within that group versus slack um, you're able to use in a channel and Still have that constant stream of communication that everybody can see but if you know that channel no longer becomes relevant or somebody does not you know is not relevant to the discussion anymore um, you're able to allow that person to leave, they can opt to leave, or you can remove them from the conversation. The other thing to that end, I think that you highlighted, is that um, Slack can be used on a mobile device, right? And the mobile device has, don't quote me on the statistic, well, maybe I'm quoting myself here, but Uh, 95 to 98% feature parity to what the desktop has. So you're able to get that same rich interaction just in a mobile uh, medium.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I saw a tremendous amount of benefits in my car. So I'll talk about it in a minute. So I'm going to get two minutes of free Slack training here real quick. So in in a channel, if a particular channel is highlighted white, like the name is highlighted white, that means there's a there's Slacks that have been put in there that I have not seen. Is that correct?
0: Exactly. As new okay. messages that are in that channel.
1: Okay. And then if I have a number one or two or five next to that channel, what does that mean?
0: So if you have a number next to the channel, that corresponds to the number of times you've been mentioned. So uh, if I need to get your attention specifically, David, I may type at David um, or whatever your handle is so that you're notified that I'm specifically requesting your attention. So you can go in. And and, uh, respond to something specifically. And kind of to the point of what we were just discussing, it's a prioritization mechanism. So a lot of times I'll see, I'll organize my channels to know which ones are priority and keep those at the top of my channel bar or channel Mm name. And if I see the priority channels with a number next to them, I know immediately that that's something that I probably need to go and address or go and at least look at. Versus maybe a channel that's not as high priority to me, um, it, you know, if it just is appears in white or appears bolded in white, I might not necessarily jump straight into that channel uh, because I know that that channel is not as well prioritized or not as high prioritized, I should say, um, in my day and in the things that I need to be paying attention
1: to. Okay. No, that makes a lot of sense. Um, So, so that gives me a good view. You know, there's some channels on this, some of these things I'm a member of I don't look at, right. I just don't, you know, there's some, I just kind of ignore and I don't feel like I have to, to look at that particular channel, but it's there if I want to, which I think is cool. It's, it's a cool capability and feature, you know, of the workplace collaboration. Hey, this is David Begin. I'm gonna wrap this podcast for just a second and tell you about Williams & Williams Auctioneers. They're a leading real estate auction company for all types of real estate. And between July 6th through July 10th, Williams & Williams will auction six car washes located in Bentonville, Fayetteville, Peeber Springs, and Jonesboro, Arkansas, as well as two car washes in Abilene, in Amarillo, Texas. Auctions are open to the public with no registration fee to bid. Visit williamsauction.com forward slash auto or call 800-801-8003 for more information. Again, go to their website, williamsauction.com forward slash auto or call 800-801-8003. Um, what what are some common mistakes? I think I've got one here. I'm going to mention after I'm going to let you see if you come up with it, but what are some common mistakes that people make using Slack to make it less effective?
0: Sure. So I think, um, the first thing that we tell all of our customers and any of our customers is that, uh, you should have your use case or your purpose defined and your purpose for each channel. So, One of the things that um, people look at when they get into Slack is that and see it's it's a blank canvas, right? You have the ability to create channels. You have the ability to create communication wherever. And just like any blank canvas, um, once people start using it, they're going to find their own use cases. But one of the first things that you can do is have a well-defined set of use cases for each channel that you have. And it may only be two or three, right? There may be a, you know, a a full site channel um, for your car wash operation or for your car wash site Mm -hmm. that is almost the general channel where there's just communication announcements, um, uh, things coming down from the operator, from a manager, from the owner um, in that channel. Then there may be a channel specific to, um, you know, policies and procedures and operations, right? So things that have to do with opening and closing. There may be a channel related to scheduling and shifts, So it's just having a couple of those ideas um, laid out and put in and then making sure that you communicate the purpose of those channels to people um, so that they understand what that channel is supposed to be used for and uh, how to communicate in that channel. And there's tools hidden, well, not hidden in Slack, but tools readily available in Slack um, that will allow you to indicate some of that. But then the other thing to consider is that uh, people will build their own channels or come up with their own ideas. And I think one of the things that's really neat about Slack is just encouraging that, right? At some level, um, if you want to create culture and you want to create the space for people to be excited about their experience at work and the things that they're doing, um, allowing them to create channels and communicate around uh, things that maybe either important to them as it pertains to the operation, right? So giving people the agency and autonomy to um, fix things and fix challenges that they see, or even just build a little bit of culture and have, you know, channels that may be a little bit more fun in nature um, for them available.
1: Yeah. I've seen organizations just kind of create a channel where people can post fun things, right? So if they got something they want to post, instead of posting it in the business channel, you know, they've got kind of a fun after hours channel. They can post things along with are within good taste and kind of within the guidelines. But I guess when people start creating channels, they're going to find certain channels work, certain channels don't work, you know, when nobody's using this channel, you know, they might eventually get rid of it, or there's a channel that really ought to be divided up into two channels. So it's probably that, you know, kind of testing the waters initially at first and seeing how it, how it plays out and then making adjustments as you go along.
0: And to that point, I think I have two more best practices for you. Um, One is the the way that we advise creating channels. Anything that's a specific topic that's not necessarily um, a sub-discussion should be its own channel. Um, And then within that channel, there's a feature that's called threading that allows you to essentially thread messages against the kind of a message that's in the main channel. So if there does need to be a side discussion, you're able to have that side discussion out of the view of, or well, not out of the view, I should say, um, just out of the context of the main channel so that you're not clogging up the discussion or the main discussion that's going on. The other thing that I would call out here is if a channel does become a bit dormant or is not being used as much or you kind of reach the end of the life of the channel, archive the channel. Um, Don't delete the channel, archive the channel. What that does is just make the channel inactive, but it keeps it in your Slack instance. So if the information in that channel becomes relevant again, you can still search for it and find it.
1: Yeah, no, I think that makes good sense. So this is what I'm seeing people are doing. So I'm looking at my channel list here in the life coaching um, part section of Slack for me. And I've got like like I would with my iPhone that I've got one to two to five messages in each one of these channels. And what people are doing when they're posting, they're putting the at channel at the beginning, sure. which is like showing up like it's almost like a personal message to me, but it's not really a personal message.
0: Right. Um, So there is a bit of at-channel etiquette that we would recommend. Um, At-channel is usually when you need to get everybody's attention for something specific that everybody needs to um, look at. So at Slack, and I think at most of our customers, we rarely use that at-channel. But if there is something that needs immediate attention from a group of people that is relevant to that channel, um, let's say there's an emergency or something needs immediate um, response at channel is a really good mechanism to start getting people alerted and organized, right. And juxtapose that to an email where, you know, you send out an email to a mass listserv or something of that nature, that email still gets buried in, you know, other emails that are coming into an inbox or things of that nature. So at channel is a good way, especially if there is something that is urgent to grab everybody's attention.
1: Yeah, that's interesting because it seems like these people, there's a few people in these channels that are overusing the at channel. And then sometimes they don't, which I think is kind of interesting. But, you know, I'd say eight out of 10 of these messages these people are posting are, you know, at channel. Um, And it makes it think it's a personalized message for me, but it's really not.
0: Well, hopefully they listen to the podcast. Ah, (laughs)
1: That's right. I want to start. Typing messages, hey, quit doing that. No, but, you know, I, I saw a big culture change in my car washes, Alex, when I started using Slack. And I was really impressed with what had happened. And it actually was hard for my people to start using it. But once they started using it, they loved it. Yeah. And so the first thing was getting people off of text messaging and sending text back and forth. Because that's, that's a that was typically a one-way communication, one person to one person. Which... Is effective, but it's not very useful. And especially in the car wash business, because we're, you know, we're typically shift workers, and there's typically a morning shift and an afternoon shift. And the communication level between those two shifts were were typically poor at best. And Slack, we, we had like car wash site-specific Slack channels, and then we had car wash manager channel, and then we had a maintenance channel. And then I think we did have just kind of a fun channel that people can use. But, you know, dividing them up like that, I think, made a big, big difference. Um, because people within the car wash site could communicate with each other. And normally, if something happened in the morning, you wanted to communicate to your team in the afternoon what what had happened. Hey, our tire shine machine is broke. You know, we, we've called the distributor. They're going to come out tomorrow morning and fix it. Right or, or whatever. And anybody that, that needed to know that would get a, you know, would get a notification. There's something on the Slack channel. They take a look at it and everybody could see it. Right. And they didn't necessarily have to be the person that had to do something about it, but at least they were notified, you know, now, now they were exposed to that information, which I thought was a great tool. So it really improved the communication amongst the car wash group because of the long hours that we had the car wash open and the fact that some people didn't didn't see each other
0: right and I think you're hitting on a couple important topics there um one of the two things two themes I should say that our customers see coming out of slack that you're really nicely encapsulating there one is the transparency right so being able to understand hey this happened this morning on site right we had a we had a breakdown on site or you know, um, we had really good customer feedback come in and we should capitalize on that by, you know, offering this customer something to incentivize them and their friends to come back or something of that nature. So it's that transparency and being able to communicate across um, across different groups, different sites, different people within the business. Um, but I think the sum total of that and the sum total outcome of that is really the agility. And the decision-making process that is then enabled, right? If there is something that breaks down and you're able to put that in a Slack channel and you have somebody on staff who has particular expertise in say fixing emitter or, you know, understanding how to provide the kind of maintenance, maybe they see it and they can take uh, agency to go fix things so that you don't necessarily have to call um, the distributor to come out and, and you know, create that extra um, layer of support. Uh, with with that particular organization and or that particular person, so it's a really great way to keep everybody in the know and keep things transparent in the organization. Then also create the agility and decision making and execution so that you're able to keep your operation running smoothly.
1: Yeah, no, that that was huge. You know, and sometimes good example. The the evening team when they close would do maintenance for an hour or two, and then they can communicate to the morning team who was coming in at six. Here's everything we did. Here's what's working. Here's what to look out for. Um, You know, just that type of communication really improved, you know, because we always had issues with how do you get these guys working as a team, especially when there's two different shifts. And that seamless communication was huge. From an owner's perspective, there was just a ton of benefits for me because I could see that thread and what was going on. I didn't have to respond, but I knew I had a better visibility of what was going on with each car wash site because of the communication I can look at on the channel.
0: Exactly. Um, And then I think the other thing that that serves to do is create some connection to your point of, you know, morning shift the evening shift that don't necessarily know each other because they don't work together. It creates some connection and equity in each of those employees. Um, so that they do at least have a working knowledge of who's working in the morning and can um, understand that person, understand the way in which they communicate and, and participate with that. And then beyond that, I know we talked a little bit about just fun and culture building earlier, but you know, create also that that personal relationship between um, the two shifts and the two um, sets of workers that may not necessarily always be seeing each other or engaging.
1: Yeah. Each other. Yeah, that it was just huge. I, when I saw, I see saw the team transform with that. The other thing I could do. So if it was a really busy day, and the guys really jumped, you know, through hoops getting something fixed and getting it back up and running, it was very simple for me to say, "Hey guys, thanks so much for all your help." You know, I could type that in there, and instead of me going to find all eight employees, I can type it once, and it improved my visibility and communication ability with them. Um, you know, where, where I just, cause I wasn't at all the sites all the time. And, you know, I, I kind of was trying to let my operations manager run it and I didn't want to be there, you know, every day trying to run things. So just me seeing, you know, the thread and saying, Hey guys, thanks so much for all your effort. Great job. Appreciate you can take care of our customers. You know, that, that just went such a long way, but everybody got to see that.
0: Right. And I think you're underscoring another point about, um, just building morale, right? Um, yeah. You know that the day's busy and you know that people are really just showing up for uh, showing up for you and showing up for your customers. That public recognition and that public praise, you know, who doesn't love some public praise or public recognition, right? Yeah. Uh, but it but it helps them feel a part of the team and it also helps them feel that they're valued and that their peers value them and, you know, as well as you and, and, and you value.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It just, it helped me being an owner, you know, it just helped me, it gave me a tool to communicate with employees and even, you know, get online and kid around with them a little bit, you know, every once in a while I'd send the wrong emoji symbol, you know, just kidding around with them and they all got a big kick out of it. Um, You know, instead Mm -hmm. of the thumbs up symbol, I sent another one. Oh, I'm sorry. You know, just then everybody was laughing about it. Um, But, you know, just stuff like that kind of, got me involved with them without, you know, and not that I didn't want to be involved. I just didn't have the bandwidth to be personally involved all the time.
0: And there's, you know, and there, there's all of that, right. It, it just, it, it helps communication become a bit more human.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's huge. And the other thing I saw when the teams, we used to have production bonuses. So if you got a certain number of cars per hour, we would, um, you know, give people a bonus on that. And it was funny to see the different sites talking on Slack and competing with each other and comparing with what other sites were doing, which I think also kind of helped the inner, the intra site communication and culture get better because there was that rivalry process going on. And, you know, everybody was kind of kidding around and joking around and it it was fun to watch that because I knew that was kind of building teamwork and building culture amongst the sites, which I thought was important.
0: Absolutely. You know, one of the other things that occurs to me, um, is another use case that I've seen um, from a retail customer, which uh, I'm sure may have some relevance here, but uh, quality assurance and quality control. Um, I'll just tell a quick story. Um, This customer without naming names uh, is a, retailer and one of the things that they were interested in and interested in doing, um, was ensuring that the point of sale at all of their stores was consistent, right? If there was an insight that they got from research or from one of their stores where they had seen a point of sale display, put up that drove incremental sale or incremental revenue, Um, For the organization, they wanted to replicate that really quickly across their network of stores. So what they would do is write a message talking about how to set up this display or outline this particular um, point of sale uh, offering and post it in a channel, ask all of the store managers to review it and post a picture of their displays once they had finished setting those displays up. So, doing two things. One is communicating out um, best practices and and, and what's going to help you be successful. But then beyond that, ensuring that those best practices are met and that the quality of the experience in the stores, um, regardless of the store that you go into, was the same.
1: Yeah, you know, that that's awesome. I mean, that you know, you're right about rapid development and best practices and communicating those things pretty quickly. That's such a great example of what this type of tool can do which is which is huge um so i got i have to admit i'm gonna confess here alex i don't i use the free version i feel semi guilty about it (laughs) so so how how do you differentiate i'm seeing a lot of software companies especially in the subscription-based model here recently is sort of moving away from giving people full functionality in a free version and What's the philosophy about being able to give away a free version versus a paid version?
0: Sure, so um, I don't know if I if I have the philosophy down, but what I can um, give you maybe a little bit of context into or look into is giving people an ability to use the tool and get to know if it's for them, right? Um, not every tool is gonna be for everybody. And uh, it really depends on your unique use case. So the free version, Um, is a great way to pilot Slack or to try Slack. And if the free version works for you, that's great, right? Uh, I think we're excited at whatever our customers are doing um, because it's important to us for them to be able to transform their businesses and be able to do um, what it is that they need to do to be successful. I think when we think about the free version and the paid version, when you do go up to the paid version, there are a couple things that you're able to do that aren't in the free version. So in our free version, there's a 10,000 message limit. Um, After 10,000 messages, the the oldest messages um, will start to disappear. Um, And once you're in the paid version, uh, that message limit is removed, right? So if I'm using Slack since 2015, I can go all the way back to 2015 and see what we were talking about then. Mm The other thing that we haven't touched on, and I won't get too deep into it here, um, but I think it's important to call out, especially for um, you know, larger operations, is uh, the integration capability to Slack. So Slack allows you to connect a lot of other software tools like the Google Suite, if you use that for kind of your documents, Excel, slides, um, like that, or maybe a uh, to-do list tool. Um, you're, you're able to connect those into Slack to provide specific functionality um, uh, in the channel. So let's say I'm uh, looking to update a task um, or, or, or kind of share a task list for our opening every morning. I can use a task list tool, put push that into channel so everybody can see what's happening during the morning and see when tasks are checked off. In our free version, you only have ten of those integrations. In the paid version, um, you have unlimited integrations, like those.
1: Very cool. The thing I do like about Slack, and I'll talk about other workplace collaboration tools. they seem seem to be more open in its ability to get people up and running. It's like you know a small software company in Redmond, you know Washington, you got to kind of be part of that ecosystem to use their workplace collaboration tools. And if you're not, it becomes pretty difficult to, to integrate.
0: Sure. Um, definitely familiar with the software company that (laughs) you, that you're mentioning here. Um, and you know, one of the things even to the point is that, um, you know, we do take at Slack a really keen focus on our customers to ensure that our customers are successful so much so that, um, we do support integration of the voice and video capabilities um, and file sharing capabilities of the tool that you're mentioning um, from that software company, Redmond. right? So it's really all about making sure our customers are successful and they can find um, a, what their use cases are and ultimately deliver value to them on Slack.
1: Yeah, yeah. So really, I mean, my recommendation, just from my experience and from Alex's recommendation, you know, if you really want to increase collaboration amongst your team members, especially in the exterior express market where you might have different shifts and you might have multiple sites. I think a workplace collaboration tool such as Slack is such a great way to get people working together, communicating together. And it really, I did see a difference in the culture, which I thought, you know, was very impressive to me. And, uh, you know, I do attribute a lot of that to Slack. So. Thank you for allowing us to use your free version, Alex.
0: Uh, absolutely. More than happy. I've found some success with it and hopefully other owners, operators, and um, folks in the car wash industry can find the same.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So you're developing an interest in the car wash business too, if uh, I'm not mistaken. Yeah.
0: Um, maybe I'll, by way of small story, um, I've been interested in the car wash industry since I was a small child, which sounds weird to a lot of people that I speak to, but you know, that's me. Um, And it's stuck throughout the years. And uh, one of the things that I've been thinking about and and exploring is becoming um, an owner, operator, partner myself. So definitely we'll be keeping tabs on Slack uh, as I move forward in that journey as well.
1: Yeah, no doubt. no doubt. That's not weird, Alex. You're talking to a bunch of people that that's how they ended up getting in the industry. They found it very interesting, either the mechanical aspect of it or there was something about car washing that really got us all hooked. So you're, you're amongst friends here on this podcast.
0: That's amazing to hear.
1: Yeah. So if people want to find out more information about Slack, where would you send them?
0: Sure. So I'd send them to our website. It's www.slack.com. And then the one other place within our website that you might choose to go is our customer stories page. There'll be a tab right at the top of the website that says customer stories. Um, There's some really and inspiring stories there of how customers are using Slack, and it's all the way from you know, massive organizations like IBM um, and uh, the British Broadcast, Broadcasting Corporation, all the way down to small startups. Um, you know, farms. There's a farm-to-table restaurant in California that uh, uses Slack for their day-to-day operations. To where for the forager goes out and finds you know all of the vegetables for the day and sends pictures in, and the chefs approve or deny the vegetables and then they cook them that night so there's slack really ranges the gamut from fortune 500 companies or fortune 50 companies even all the way down to um you know small operations restaurants those sorts of things
1: yeah yeah such a great tool and i think it's really improving our ability to communicate and i think that's important in this day and age you know to have much much better collaboration and communication so kudos to you guys thanks so much
0: Absolutely. Um, And thanks, David, for having me on. This is, like I said, my pleasure and my honor. It's always exciting. Yeah,
1: Yeah, well, thank you. Appreciate it. Well, thanks for listening to this episode of Car Wash the Podcast. You can get this episode wherever you get your podcast. You can go to the ICA website and look under Car Wash Magazine and you'll find the tab for podcast. And you can go to the website and uh, download, listen to the podcast there or download it for later listening. So. Appreciate your time today. Thanks for listening. And we'll catch you next time on Car Wash the Podcast. Car Wash the Podcast is your source for real stories and real business insights from the experts, both in and out of the car wash industry. Our show helps investors, owners, operators, and managers think about ways to enhance their business. Our podcast is a free on-demand audio program that provides information on the latest trends impacting the industry, tips from successful industry leaders, and inspiration for our listeners.